Hello, this is Angela and welcome again to The Wrong That Made Me Right. And again, my special guest is my mom and I don't think I said her name last time, but it's Jenny. She was actually named after her grandmother, who is also Jenny, obviously. And we're kind of continuing a little bit, although this one is, this topic is a little bit different, but it's kind of going to pick up where we left off on the other one. The topic on this one is living with someone you love, but don't like. So you were with Rock for seven years, is that right? Yeah. All right. And then that was uh, my youngest brother's dad. And then that didn't work out. You ended up leaving and moving out. How long were we moved out before you met Al, which was my second stepdad? I would say probably the first time I met him was shortly after we moved in to the house in Brooklyn. Okay, so yeah, I don't think we were there very long. No. I do remember you dating one other person, though, because I remember getting ready to go say goodnight. I said, goodnight, Mom, goodnight, Dad. And I don't know if that saying goodnight, Dad, scared him off, but I never saw him again. That so. was Doug. Oh, okay. Anyways, <clears throat> so you met Al. And you guys started dating. And I don't think it was very long that we were coming over to stay the night, but yet you would still drive us back to school in the morning to Brooklyn because we were all going to school there. Right. Um, and then I think just until the end of the school year, and then I think what we left that house and moved in mm -hmm. with Al. So how was your relationship in the beginning with Al? Um, it was good. Um, he, um, he treated you guys good. He treated me good. And when we moved in together, it was just mostly see how you kids got along together because we didn't want to get married if the guys weren't going to get along together very well. So that was one of the reasons we moved in. And, um, that was an interesting thing, but I think some good came out of it, too, because um, I know for you kids, I used to have a Tuesday night uh, complaint. Do you remember when we used to get together on Tuesday nights? And complain. And complain around the table, <laughs> and I laid down the rules that, okay, for the person that's speaking, everybody else had to be quiet, and if a certain child made them feel a certain way, We'd ask them why, and they would tell. And then we'd ask the other kid, well, how does that make you feel? Now that what you did, this is how you made them feel, what do you think about that? I don't think our main complaints really came out on our side because I think we had a lot of complaints about Dad. Yeah, true, Because sure. we had went from living with Rock, which was pretty much all play, no work. Right. If you think about it, we didn't have to do any work on the farm. It was play for us. Mm -hmm. We didn't mow the lawn. Grandma Avery did. Right. We didn't do any work in the garden. No. Bob did that. Yep. So everything was play. So yeah. we went from all play to all work. Like Ooh. we were expected to do everything. Housework, outside work, wood, you know, cutting wood for the, so. Yes. That, that's true. That's yeah. true. So it was a big, big change big for difference. us. And uh, that, which, you know, I thought in a way was good for you guys because you know, I kind of grew up with that, having to work, having to get in there and help, because that 
kind of taught us that we had to depend on one another in order to get through the day to make things work. And it was a good work ethic to learn because when you get out into the world, you're going to find there's some people out there that don't like to do their oh, job. Absolutely. And you have to pick up the slack. Yeah. But yet, what does the Bible say? Work as if you're working unto the Lord. Yeah. And that kind of made... And those who that, don't work don't eat. There, there you <laughs> so, go. That's right. But as, as a kid, you don't see it that way. No, but I'm don't. actually thankful that he was as hard as he was on us because it did give me a very good work ethic. Yes. And, and I am thankful for that. Yeah. So go on. When did you start to... When did things start to change a little bit for you? I think... Um, just different things that he might say or do are things that I found. Um, like, for instance, when we were going to add on to the house, I found plans that him and his first wife was going to do, and they were the exact same plans. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, <laughs> you know, these are supposed to be our plans? Well, the only difference was the stairway going upstairs and the stairway going down to the basement had switched. Okay. <laughs> but that was all that switched. But, you know, um, but like you kids, you learn over the years what's important and what's not important. Mm -hmm. And um, and at that time, we were not in church. We were not going to church. And I got pregnant for Cassie after we got married. Uh, of course, we went well, to New York. You didn't get pregnant for Cassie. No, not right away. I didn't. We okay. were married about eight years before because I got pregnant. Because we had gone out to New York and right. come back, and I wasn't even living here when right. you got pregnant, when I got for, pregnant Cassie. for Cassie. Yeah. So. yeah. so we went out to New York for two years right. because his job took him out there. But even like, as far as like his harshness, let me just kind of give people a little bit of example of his sure. harshness. Go ahead. Because it was like after we got done cleaning the house, he would take his finger, and if he found a little piece of dust somewhere, we'd have to do it all over again. If we washed the truck and he walked all the way around and he found one spot of dirt that we missed, well, you probably missed more, do the whole thing all over again. Mm -hmm. When we would rake the grass, if he came, rake the grass and some grass came up, got to rake it over again, you missed some. So he was very harsh he was and he wasn't harsh as far as um physical punishment not with me maybe because I was older and I was a girl but he was harsh with physical punishment with the boys like I can remember the boys having bruises from the belt um that had holes in it mm -hmm. um I can remember well the one time when he went to go one time go after one of the boys with one of his cowboy boots mm -hmm. so he had some harsh times but also I knew the soft side of him he had a heart he would just do anything for you didn't even mean didn't even if you did something bad to him he still would do something for you mm -hmm. he would always do something for his neighbors yes um I mean how many teenage girls would your dad go out and buy a horse for you you know he bought me a horse mm -hmm. and if we you know would take us out for ice cream so it was kind of like a Jekyll and Hyde situation yes. but I think part of it was his upbringing right so what did you know about his upbringing 
uh, in the beginning, I didn't know a whole lot about its upbringing. But later on, I don't remember who in the family had told me. But um, his dad used to beat him terribly when he was younger. But it not just younger, but it, I think it went up into his pre, into his early teen years also. Because um, just stories that I that I'd heard, and um, from you know somebody in the family, and of course when uh, he, I think some of the things he blacked out on that he didn't remember, and maybe when things happened, maybe he did have remembrance of them, but um, my he thought that possibly the reason his dad was so mean to him was maybe his mother became pregnant and he had to marry her. Because mm. he was a firstborn. He was. So I don't know if that was true or not. Um, no, he did not have a very nice father. Um, and he did beat him. I would heard that at one point that his dad almost went to prison for beating him and that he was removed out of the home... And I said, well, that would explain you being at your grandma Edinger's all this time mm -hmm. then because of what had went on in the home. Right. Never heard anything about the girls, just the boys mostly. Now, but. also to keep in mind of that when he met you and married you, you actually had five dependents. You had us four kids and yes. then your sister who had Down syndrome which yeah. still lives with you today. Yes. And I don't know how many men would marry a woman and take on five more children. So that says a lot about him. He he did have integrity. He oh, yes. was honorable. And he had some very good characteristics. Oh, yes. yes I think he, he just had some anger control issues. He, yes. Like you said, probably stemmed from childhood. He did. he did. Yes, because, you know, when we... Finally, when we did move to New York and was there for the two years, he never got permission from the uh, courthouse to take his two kids. Now, his ex-wife and grandmother, they knew where the children were at. We had letters that they had sent them, so they knew. Well, she had come out and took the kids. I got blamed for not stopping her. But the kids were out the door in the car before I even knew she was there. Yeah, it happened very quickly. It I do did. remember that day very quickly. And uh, and I finally got a hold of him. I ended, couldn't get him on the phone, so I had to actually drive over there to tell him what had happened. And I got blamed for her coming and taking the kids. And I didn't do anything to stop her. Well, so did you, that's you know? another very hurtful oh, thing. Yes. He lost yeah. his kids. So mm -hmm. that was very, very hurtful because when his ex-wife left, she actually left them. Oh, yeah, she did. And so The first time she left all three of them. Mm -hmm. And then when she came back, she took the oldest one so that he wouldn't have nobody to watch mm -hmm. the other ones. So when I know that after us being out there, he had come back ahead of time and he had the eye injury where he lost his eye yes. from a piece of metal. Yes. So you had come back before us, and then Uncle Jack helped us bring back yeah. um, everything when we moved back here from New York. Correct. So on top of the anger issues as a child, losing your children, and now you just lost your eye. Yes. And your other eye was your bad eye to begin with. Yes. 
And so he's got a lot of things happening for a man to have to handle. Yes. And um, for some reason, he didn't think I loved him or cared about him because now he only had one eye. And I tried to explain to him that that's not why you love a person. Mm -hmm. You don't fall in love with a person because of their looks. And that's all there is to it. Yeah. There's more to it than that. You, you fall in love with them because there's something about them that you care about and you love and right. that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, that was another hard thing for that I went through and besides getting blamed for. And he always them. provided for us. You didn't have to work. You stayed at home up to that point. Yes. Um, and then Cassie came along. Correct. And it seemed like he was pretty happy when Cassie was oh, yeah. younger. Cassie was like his pride oh, yeah. and joy. It was. And so that seemed like that was a pretty good time. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It just seemed like as older as he got, things just got worse. Yeah, I think Cassie was like maybe 11 or 12. But there was a time there where I went through a very bad state of depression and um i didn't i didn't do nothing um that's kind of like what it did to me i just you know and the only thing um that he found that i would sit down and watch tv was uh christian movies so we went to sam's club and we bought all kinds of christian movies bring them home watch them and that's when we had a VHS player because mm-hmm. that's what was hot at that time, not the DVDs. And um, so he went through that with me. And um, so it, is that was, what led you to get back into church? I would not be a bit surprised if it did. So you got back into church when Cassie was how old? Like She was 11. 11. When I, well, she was 11 when I had her dedicated. Okay. Because I had each one of my kids dedicated back to the Lord because that was a gift that he gave to me. Mm-hmm. And now, through the dedication, it was like giving them back to him. Okay. In front of everybody, you know. Now, before that, let me back up a little bit. Because when Cassie was younger in elementary school, yes. you guys separated. Yes. And I remember how terrible that was because Dad kept on calling me, where's your mom, where's your mom? And I think even to the point of feeling like I felt the way he was talking, that he was going to hurt himself or kill himself if you mm-hmm. didn't come home. And all I could think of is, I got to straighten this out. I got to get those two back together. And I did. And I have to say, for so many years later, I mean, you guys did get back together. Right. So many years later, I actually felt guilty about it because I thought, Oh my goodness, uh, my mom's been living through hell on earth when I would just hear of, and, and like a, he wouldn't be, it wasn't physical abuse, but yelling, like constant yelling. There yeah. was no peace Yes, because there was always yelling going on with him. Correct. Even to the day Jilly uh, left before he passed. Yeah. Um, but we finally got into church and um and he did better there for a while and um i believe because we got back and or we got into church at that time 
his mother was saved before she passed. So that was something that would have never happened. Right. Because she was not saved. She wasn't ready to go to meet So if maker. you guys wouldn't have got back together, perhaps his mom wouldn't mm -hmm. have made that commitment. And That's very, that very well could be, yes. It just goes to show, and I was just talking to Zach about this earlier, that sometimes God puts us in places where we have to make the sacrifice. Yes. We have to be in an uncomfortable situation yes. and not be happy. Yes. Because we're there for someone else. Yes. We're there to help save a soul that may not get saved yes. if we weren't there. That's right. And just because we're not happy in the situation we're in doesn't mean we can't still have the joy of the Lord in our heart. That's true. That's true. Because, you know, um, when people, I'll never forget when um, my ex-husband's brother was in the hospital dying, he had liver uh, failure and all because he was quite the drinker and the drug addict mm -hmm. and everything and um, I remember you was there because you was staying with grandma because she didn't want to be alone she didn't want to leave him and I asked him asked her then if he was saved and she said that she was he was saved when he was a little boy and I said do you mind if I pray with him and she said oh yeah please do and I took him by the hand and kind of like said the sinner's prayer to forgive him of his sins and that and uh, because they say the hearing is the last to go on the person and that is so true because when I got done he squeezed my hand I knew he heard my prayer I just knew he accepted Jesus as his savior yeah absolutely and that was the last that I was able to do for him but thank God for that because to me, it's more precious to talk to somebody and give them that last chance to say, I accept the Savior into my life mm -hmm. to, as to take their last breath and not go to heaven. Yeah. Yeah. It's just. And it's just awesome how God gives us that comfort when something like that happens, you know, for him to squeeze your hand and. And for you to know, you know, God just to give you that, that comfort and that knowledge. And when you get in, I've had, I've had another opportunity. And when you get those opportunities, take them. Yeah. Because God may hold us accountable for not saying or doing yeah. something. Yeah. I can um, remember, well, right up through, all the way through January into February this year, Sometimes I get a phone call from you. Do you know what your dad did? <laughs> and that would be the first thing out of your mouth. And I'm like, oh, what'd he do now? And then I would get the story of what he would do. And I'm like, okay, mom, is this anything different than what he's <laughs> yeah. done before? Right. You know, so it was like yeah. the same old, same old. Yeah. He, he did yeah. this or he did that. And yeah. um, it was just one thing after another. And I sometimes wonder if he was just struggling so much with... Um, all of the hurts in his life that he just couldn't find that joy. He just couldn't yeah. find that happiness. He believed in God. We both know he oh, believed yes, he in did. God. Absolutely. We both know that he prayed. You know, we know that. Yes. But he really did struggle, and he was just a very unhappy person. He was. And he definitely showed it. Yes. That was for sure. Yes. So... 
we can say that we love him, that we loved him, but there were so many days I sure did not like him, and I know you didn't like him too, because yeah. I would hear from you, Angela, I don't know how much more I can take. Yeah. I don't know how much more I can take. And I know then that was time, Lord, please give her the strength to get through this day. You don't, and it was just a day-by-day day thing. Yeah. And you know, it, that's the other thing um, I learned that, God already knows how I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. So when I pray, he knows what I was feeling. Lord, help me get through this another day. Yeah, and I... But when they're gone, and then you think back, and she was... What was really important? Or how important was it? Because there's days I do, I miss him. I accepted the good, the bad, and the ugly. And the only thing that makes it so easy is knowing that that man when he took his last breath, was finally at peace. Probably the first time in his whole life, he was at peace. And when you looked at him in the casket, that's all I saw was peace. And uh, yeah, it's hard. But yeah, you know what? It's one day at a time. Definitely, the Lord had given us comfort through that whole process. Um, you know, he passed away the day after Valentine's Day this year, so the 15th. And uh, definitely it wasn't something we were expecting. No, um, it wasn't. Uh -uh. You were dropping him off because he was having COVID symptoms, and he did have COVID, and that's yes. what he passed away from. Um, but... God was in that whole thing. Yeah, he was. He, you know, all through with the, the doctors, the nurses, um, the family, us being there, even afterwards with the, the funeral home. And it, it's just amazing if you can have a good death experience, that was a good death experience. Yes. That um, we, we know God gave us that comfort of knowing where he's at. And, um, you know, we had some very intimate times there in his hospital room that were very precious and I know that one of the things that you said to me is you felt like you had to stay with him because um, you felt like that if you didn't that Satan was going to win that you would have another failed marriage mm -hmm. and that Satan was going to win over dad and you weren't going to let him win anymore. You got that right. You weren't going to let Satan win. He, he, he will not ever win. And so you stayed. And you gave that sacrifice. You bared with it. God gave you the strength each and every day. Yeah. And now because of that, we know that Grandma and Dad are both in heaven. Yeah. Waiting for us. Yeah. And there's so much comfort in that. Yes. And 
it just goes to show you can love somebody so much and still not like the things that they do, but you don't give up on them. That's right. You don't give up. You look past the things that they do wrong, just like the Lord forgives us for what we do wrong and focus on the good. Focus on what's good in them. Focus on what's good in your life. Because I truly believe that if you're always looking at the bad things in your life, the negative things in people, that's going to bring you down. You're going to feel depressed. Yes. You're not going to want to be around that person at all. But when you keep your focus on God, when you keep your focus on the blessings in your life, then he is able to get you through those difficult times. And he has a plan for it. And Mm -hmm. that plan is salvation. It's not just for you, but it's for the people around you. Exactly. And, And so, you know, you hung in there, Mom. And because you did, we know where he's at. That's true. And, you know, and maybe that's, um, maybe that'll help someone else, too, no matter how bad it might get. Sometimes you just do what you have to do. Yeah. And the Lord does give you the strength. So. So thank you so much. It was such a joy to talk with you again and, and share those moments. And, um. I always said before my husband came along, you were my my best friend. And um, now my husband's my best friend, your second mom, but you're okay with that. (laughs) Yeah. So um, again, I want to say thank you to everybody who's been listening and supporting us. And um, like I said, you can go to therongthatmademeright.com. And thank you so much. We are going to close with prayer. I'm going to give you the opportunity again. Do you want to pray? You want me to pray? I'll pray. Okay, go ahead. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this wonderful time you've given to us. Lord Jesus, I just ask and pray that you'll touch each and every individual that may hear this, dear God. Speak to their heart, Lord Jesus. And if there's someone, dear God, that they're having a problem with, Lord, you'll give them the strength, Lord Jesus, to continue on. Because Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. And that's where we get our strength from, Lord Jesus, is you. And I just ask and pray that you'll bless each and every one that hears it, that they will be blessed by it, dear God, and they may even grow in a better relationship with you, Lord God, and continue to be with Angela and be with her as she seeks out more, oh Lord Jesus, to serve you and to serve others. We ask it in the name of Jesus, and we give you praise, and we give you glory. Amen. Amen.